Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. I want to tell you a story about him when he had been in Brazil for a couple of years, and citizenship really had its privileges. You see, Pastor Bivens and his wife had just had their first baby, Hannah, and she needed a passport in order for them to be able to go back home on their missionary furlough. Every two years, our missionaries that are overseas get a two-month furlough back in the States to see friends and family. Well, several months in advance, he applied for the passport for his baby daughter, and it never came, and it never came, and it never came, which isn't all that unusual. Several phone calls later, he continued to hear, oh yes, we got your application, oh yes, we'll be sending it to you. Finally, about a week before they were supposed to go back to the U.S. for furlough, another phone call happened, and they said, well, we have it here, and we're going to send it, it's all processed, it'll arrive the day before you leave. Well, that seemed a little dicey, and the day before they left came, and still no passport. And so another phone call to the embassy. And they said, well, why don't... See, your, your flight goes from where you are to Sao Paulo and then on to the U.S. Why don't, when you're in Sao Paulo, just, just come by. We'll give it to you. And Pastor Vivian said, well, this, I guess, could work if everything goes perfectly, which it often doesn't, if you know what it's like to fly on a plane someplace. But we could fly from home to Sao Paulo, get a taxi to the embassy, get Hannah's passport, a taxi back to the airport, and then fly on the final lake from there back home. But it all has to work perfect. But what choice do we have? So they flew a taxi, and they went to the embassy, and when they got there, their hearts sank like a stone because at that particular time, Something in the U.S. government was making hundreds of Brazilians very mad, and there was a demonstration outside the U.S. Embassy. People picketing, people yelling, people very angry, wanting to give some important official a piece of their mind. They would never make that second leg of their flight until somebody saw them, tapped them on the shoulder, and said, Are you an American citizen? Why, yes, we are. Come with me. And they skipped all those people and went to the front of the line, got their daughter's passport, got back to the airport in the taxi, and then everything went perfectly smooth after that. Citizenship matters. And that's really important for us as Christians today, not because we have travel plans that have to do with this world, but because we have travel plans after our life is over where our citizenship is in heaven. And what's the bigger challenge, would you say, for you in your daily life? Knowing that Jesus loves you, forgives you, and that you're a citizen of heaven? 
or living with all of the confidence and peace that comes with being a citizen of heaven. For example, if Pastor Bivens and his wife had known all that was going to happen, they might have, instead of being nervous if they're going to make their flight or not, have said, well, we're a citizen of the U.S., so they'll jump us to the front of the line and everything will go well. That's the kind of confidence we want to have today about where we are going after our earthly life is over. Because that is what the Bible gives us. The confidence and the power and the peace of mind that no one else can find. I am a citizen of heaven and Jesus has given me that privilege. As we work on that thought percolating and soaking into our heart this morning, let's begin by examining again verse 17, 18, and 19 of Philippians chapter 3. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. What a yucky string of descriptions for people without God. Even many people who seem like they have their act together and are having a fun, fulfilling life. Paul with tears. This breaks his heart as he looks into the world and sees that many live as an enemy of the cross of Christ. And it isn't often, in my opinion, so much because of the cross of Christ as the reason for the fuel to the fire. It's more the the cross that they have to carry themselves which makes them angry at God, feeling that life is unfair, that they've gotten the short end of the stick and are going to continue to be that way. They just don't understand who God is and what He has done for them. Sadly, if you live without God during this life, you're also going to be living without Him for eternity. Without Jesus, there is no payment for sin except what you have to give is their stomach. That's another way to say a very common thing we easily see. The world is full of consumers. People who are living their life centered on simply me, 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 me. Me, me, me. A bunch of gimme monsters always wanting something from somebody else, struggling to give, often giving only if they can get something back that they think is a better value. Their God is their stomach. And then the next description, their glory is in their shame. You know, it's one thing to be a sinner and to be embarrassed of it. To be a sinner and to be so sorry as you admit what you have done that offends God. 
It's a whole different thing, though, isn't it? When your glory is your shame. When you sin and you're proud of it. When you sin and you brag about it and you kind of want others to know. But what else is it when somebody brags about how much they had to drink last weekend and that they're planning to do it again next weekend as soon as they can Friday after work? What else is it when people brag about their sexual escapades outside of marriage and can't wait to keep continuing? What else is it when two people of the same sex kiss and cry because they finally got to tie the knot and they want everyone to know? What else is it when somebody puffs up with pride because look at my career path, look at my bank account, yeah! Their glory is their shame. They're proud of their sin. They're proud of living an unrepentant lifestyle without God. Because their mind is only on one thing and one thing only. This earth. People living as the enemies of the cross live as though eternity will never come. As though judgment day is a fairy tale. As though God will never hold them or anyone else accountable for their lifestyle and their sin. And it breaks our hearts too. What breaks our heart the most might be when we slip into living that same way. When we start thinking that a sinful path is better than the godly path. Even though the godly path requires a cross and the sinful path pretty much always requires some kind of shortcut that's sometimes easier. We sin when we hold God down. And when we believe Satan's lies that living for this earth and this earth only is the peaceful path, the better way to go. What do we do, brothers and sisters in Christ? How do we, how do we change? How do we get out of the pit? The answer is pretty simple. By yourself, you can't. But that's exactly why God sent Jesus to be our Savior and to give us the Word to tell us all about it. We have the ability to not live as an enemy of the cross, but even an ability to live as someone who embraces the cross of Christ. Because there we see in astonishment that Jesus carried the heaviest cross of all that He did not earn. We earned it with our sin. He carried it because He wanted to. With astonishing, unconditional love, Jesus reached out with compassion. He reached out with patience. He reached out with you first, me last. And He went one step at a time, determined as ever, to His cross to give up His life and His blood taking all of the sin of the world, including yours, including every single thought you have had, thinking that this earth is what is is the most important thing and heaven is whatever. Every time we've sinned with that mind or what we've said 
or what we've done. Jesus took it to the cross. He took it all there. He paid for it all by Himself. He finished the payment. And then the grave couldn't hold Him as He rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and is still alive, powerful, loving, and active as ever, wanting us to know this one thing. Citizenship has its privileges, and you are a citizen of heaven. You are. You belong there. You're going there. It's something you can look forward to with all your heart. In fact, we're better off when we look forward to it with all our heart. And, and things shift instead of being this earth is everything and heaven whatever, we shift to being heaven is everything and this earth is whatever. Not in an angry, bitter, suicidal type of mindset, but in a I'm just not attached to the things of this life. Like I see so many other people being attached to it because I'm attached to where I'm a citizen permanently. God tells us in His Word, Jesus' own voice in John chapter 5 said, whoever hears my word and believes who sent me has already crossed over from death to life. It's already happened. You already have your citizenship card. You already can be confident. This applies to me. Because God's Word says, whoever hears my word and believes it, has already crossed over from death to life. And whoever means, whoever. You're under that umbrella, aren't you? So am I. Jesus told his own disciples the night before he died, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it weren't so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go there and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back. And I'm going to take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You are a citizen of eternal heaven. And that changes everything, doesn't it? How we live. How we think. How we act. What is our glory? What is attached to our heart the most? Look at the next few verses and you'll get a description of what I'm talking about. Verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. We eagerly await a Savior from there. Feel free to dream about heaven. Feel free to think about it regularly. How bright does holy Jesus look on His throne in heaven? How loud and beautiful are the billions of voices of saints praising Him 
for his finished work, paying for all of our sins so that we could go to heaven for eternity. How peaceful and comforting and, and, and sturdy will it be to be in a place where there's no anxiety, there's no sleepless nights, there's no regret, there's no bad surprises, there's no tension in the air, there's no pain of any kind. There's not even the need to take a little Advil before bed because you feel a tiny headache coming on when the weather's changing. That happens to me sometimes. Maybe you too. Not even that though. Feel free to dream about heaven. We eagerly await a Savior from there. He will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His heavenly body. There again, no more aches, no more pains, not even being a little too freezing cold or a little too way too hot. We get a new body like Christ's glorious body on Easter morning. Our body here is falling apart. A little more each day as the days go by. But that doesn't matter when you know our citizenship is not here. It is in heaven. And we look forward to that new body we will receive, which after a million years in heaven will still be just as brand spanking new as it was when we got there. Jesus has the power to bring everything under his control to do that. And that is why, as the Apostle Paul says in, in verse 1 there, you whom I love and long for, my joy, my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. I encourage you to think about scriptures like this as you are thinking about who can I connect with at the end of this month if you're going to help with the praise and proclaim outreach event that we're doing. Or if you can't make it that weekend because of a schedule conflict, talk to me and I'll help you get back on track or, or learn about what we're going to be talking about that weekend. How we can reach out to people who today are living as an enemy of the cross of Christ their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And they might not even know that. We want to help them have the peace and the confidence that comes with being a citizen in heaven to live that way instead. I encourage you to think about verses like this as you're filling out your pledge form for the pledge drive that we're going through right now to want to build a phase two and expand our ministry to reach more people with this heavenly confidence that is only found in Christ. And then think about, what is my glory? What really is the crown, the trophy, the gold medal that, that I want to have at the end of my life, that, that I'm really embracing the most with all my heart? And just compare the two that we've talked about in these few verses of Scripture today. Is your glory going to be your, your shame? Your sin? Greed? Pride? Lust, whatever. Or is your glory going to be what Paul talks about in verse 1? My brothers and sisters in Christ, you are my joy and crown. The people with whom you share the gospel so that they can be a citizen in heaven when otherwise they wouldn't have. That is to be your crown. What gets you out of bed in the morning? 
your most desired possession, your joy. There's one little part about the Bivens story that I haven't told you yet. So it's rushed. It's a little hectic. There's all those demonstrations going on when they go to the embassy to get their passport for their little daughter, hopefully, and still make their flight. And they get to jump to the front of the line. And when they got in the embassy, they were taken aback because after living in Brazil with everyone around them speaking speaking Portuguese for a couple of years, it really struck them. Whoa, everyone in here is speaking English. And there's United States flags on the wall. We haven't seen one of those in a while. It, it feels like a little, tiny little taste of home. Even though we're not home yet, we're still in Brazil, it, it feels like a little taste of home. That can be us when we do things like this. Worshiping God. Going to Bible study. Being encouraged that our citizenship is not here, U.S., Texas, Katy. It's in heaven. We get a little taste of home, home, now, as we gather together around God's Word in Christ. So think about all of this and ask God to help you to live with the confidence and the peace and the joy that comes from knowing and trusting and enjoying, I am a citizen of heaven. I'm but a stranger here. Heaven is my home. Earth is a desert drear. Heaven is my home. Danger and sorrow stand around me on every hand. Heaven is my fatherland. Heaven is my home. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.